Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast, The EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. Hosts Dr. Joe Salustio, Elizabeth Liba, and producer Elvin Freites bring you the brightest and most influential minds in higher education today. We explore innovations, ideas, and issues in higher education and beyond, and hopefully have a little fun along the way. Now let's get to it. The higher education marketplace is changing fast, and it can be challenging to stay up to date while ignoring the noise. The evolution is the only source of opinions and insights directly from college and university leaders on the bleeding edge of transformation. We have three L's in our name, and they stand for lifelong learning, which is central to our vision for higher education's future. The evolution is completely free to access, and new articles and interviews are published daily. To subscribe to our weekly newsletter, visit evolutionwith3ls.com slash subscribe. Again, that's evolutionwith3ls.com slash subscribe. Welcome back, everybody. This is the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business, interviewing the brightest and most influential minds in higher education and beyond. This is a special bonus EdUp Embedded episode. And my guest today, he is on the line right now. His name is Jamie Gardner. He is the Vice President of Workforce Readiness at San Diego SHRM, which of course stands for the Society for Human Resource Management. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me, Joe. Oh, no, it's, uh, I've been excited to talk to you because I, I, I know what we're going to talk about and I'm, I'm jazzed about it. Uh, but first, um, you know, how are you? How's your health? How are you doing during this, uh, these times that we live in today? You know, the health is great. And um, I think there's a lot of upside or opportunity, even though there's challenges to where we are in our society. Uh, but I think it's a good opportunity to um, maybe just take, take a step back, reflect on what's important. And uh, I think that's 2020 has been a great year for that. Well, you're in, you're involved in a career field, human resources, that I would say more than any other career field has been brought front and center in 2020 for uh, I don't know how many reasons, uh, it could be hundreds of reasons, mental health, diversity, equity, and inclusion, the way businesses are operating with work from home, uh, in office, uh, mm-hmm. health concerns, and testing. And when you look at it from an organizational uh, a lens, I don't think there's been a more impactful year on human resource professionals in general. So I want to just start there and ask you, what it's really been like. I mean, you're at San Diego Sherm, you're on the board. You know, what's the word out there? Is, is there just a really huge focus on HR and HR activity? Is human resources folk been prepared for this level of, uh, of um, I don't know, new frontier? Give me your, give me your thoughts on, on what's happening in the field of human resources. Absolutely. And I think many HR professionals, while they weren't anticipating COVID-19 directly, Part, you know, part of what we do is kind of have that, have that response planning for our workforces and being able to adapt quickly and be those thought leaders in how that, you know, that adapting happens within the organization. And uh, leaders within the organization look to my colleagues and myself to help make those decisions and make the right decisions. And I would say that's why I love human resources is it's the crossroads of almost anything that happens in, a, in an organization. And you take COVID-19 response as one example, you take, um, you know, the emergence of diversity, equity, and inclusion as an emerging area that you know, really has come out of 2020 as well. 
I think this has been a great year just for HR professionals to, to, to spread their wings and expand what they do. All right. So you're at San Diego, Sherm. You're the, you're the VP of workforce readiness. I know what that is, but not everybody may. What is workforce readiness? What are you overseeing and uh, what's your activity look like? Absolutely. So I sit on the board of directors for San Diego Sherm. And so really what, what my role, what, what my initiatives are, are to drive more engagement and, and more involvement with the members uh, and membership with, with SHRM, and provide more opportunities and resources for our members within SHRM's uh, SD SHRM. And so um, there are some strategic, strategic initiatives that we're looking to take on in 2021 that align with, with that mission. And I think our community is ripe for, for, um, for tackling these, these opportunities. So you're readying the workforce. Does that look like finding training opportunities for membership? Does it look like providing uh, educate, you know, uh, advancement in uh, degree opportunities, non-credit programs? You know, how do you oversee the readiness of the of the membership at San Diego Sherm? Yeah, I think that there's a few different prongs that we're looking to, to tap into. First is um, um, being a, an additional resource to um, local universities and reaching out to local student chapters um, uh, that are involved with HR and, and business majors and um, being a resource for those students and for those organizations to really help them tap into the broader network of HR professionals here in San Diego and create help create that pathway or that, yeah, that pathway to, for a career. Another area that we're looking at is expanding our accessibility to service members who are transitioning off of active duty, providing that pathway for them as well. Well, and you know, we met, uh, we, we, we really became uh, more tied together. I, I did some, uh, a speaking opportunity, a mentorship opportunity for San Diego Sherm. That's how we intersected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, the, the um, membership, especially the young membership in San Diego Sherm, and they were literally inspiring. I mean, there are some amazing, amazing young leaders that are upcoming uh, through the ranks in San Diego Sherm. And I, I got to tell you, it, it gives me a lot of hope uh, into what, you know, uh, business and industry advancements are going to be made in the area of human resources. I mean, it really was amazing. Uh, those, those young folks were, were Absolutely. pretty incredible. And, and real quickly to, to toot your horn, I mean, you were, you were just an, an amazing uh, speaker. You did, you, you did a great job in, in um, exciting um, the attendees and getting them really um, energized about, about their career. And then, you know, with regards to the, the caliber professionals that we see coming into the, the profession, I'll tell you, expectations are high for HR professionals right now yeah. and in the future. And I think that the professionals we see coming in, they are ready to take, to take the bull by the horns and, and take on those challenges. And uh, for, for professionals like myself who have been here for a couple of years, it means we got to stay sharp. Well, I'll tell you what, you have to want to really create some change positive change yep. if yep. you're going yep. into human resources. I don't think there's ever been a, no, it's, it's interesting. You, you definitely have to have a passion for it. And there's every reason for somebody not to do it right now. I mean, the, the level of, of um, I don't know, I want to say problems, because there's so many good things about being in, in human resources, tons of uh, more good than, than ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, dealing with some of the issues of coronavirus and whatever, it could dissuade somebody from, from going into human resources. But I didn't see any of that. I saw rabid passion uh, from the, the membership at San Diego Sherm, which, which was really inspiring. Uh, so I, I just want to say that again, but I do want to shift gears just, just lightly. And 
most, the most important thing that we'll talk about today and the most important thing I can say to you is thank you for your service in the United States Marine Corps, 14 years, almost 15 years. Um, you know, I don't know, whenever I come across somebody who's dedicated their life to creating freedom, I, I'm always just, uh, just uh, awed and amazed. So thank you so much for your time uh, defending well, the you. country. Thank you, with, thank you. With, with that, you're, you're also um, uh, very aware and very involved in the transitioning military member into civilian life and how, how human resources uh, is a good, uh, it may be a great career path. So talk to me about your, uh, just generally about your passion of military transitioning uh, into civilian life and, and, you know, why that's an area of focus for you. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and, you know, as, as you talk about that military transition, if you talk to any service member or any veteran who's made that transition, they'll tell you it was one of the biggest challenges of their military career, whether they served for four years or, or 30 years. It's just, it, it, it can be it, a tough experience, partly because the military setting, you know, how somebody moves from one job to the next job is very meritorious and it's very much a closed circuit. And so being released to the, the open, um, the open field of, of civilian life where there really are no, the limits are not the same as in the, in the military setting. Um, it could be, it could be mind boggling, mind boggling. And if you don't know what the rules are, and if you don't understand the value of networking and making connections and, and translating those, those uh, military skills to the civilian workforce, it could be very much challenging for that transition. How, I don't know if scared's the word because I don't think any military members probably scared of, of transition as much as they could have been in, in whatever military situation they were in, but what's sure. the uncertainty look like? I mean, is it a big deal? Is it a, uh, um, I don't know how to ask this. Is it a nervous thing? Is it anticipation? Is it a feeling of, of being lost as a military yeah. members transitioning? You know, I think it could be all of the above. I, I think service members coming out of the military, you know, they, they do great things. And there's a lot, of re a lot of reasons to be proud for what they do. And as part of that transition, maybe there's an overconfidence that they're gonna land that, that, that job you know, the day after they, they, um, they sign their DD-214 and, and, and walk, you know, leave, leave the, the front gate of, of the military base. They think they're getting that, front, that, 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 that job, just an overconfidence there. And um, again, these are people who have done great things and there's a good reason to have an overconfidence. But oftentimes what, what one might see is that, you know, three months, six months, nine months goes by before, you know, before that job actually materializes or it could be longer. And even more so, you know, interviews come and go. Um, and so there's an emotional roller coaster that comes along with that. And so with that transition, it, it could be a tough ride. And so with, you know, maybe if you look at that journey, maybe it starts with overconfidence and then it just starts with taking body blow after body blow for a period of time. And it could be aggravating and it could be, you know, it's to some degree demoralizing. You take somebody who came from, you know, maybe a higher level of rank, you know, somebody who, came, who left as a senior enlisted or, or as a senior officer or mid-range mid officer thinking, I've got this and I, I can take this, you know, take this down. And then nine months later, they're still in, in the process of looking for that, that role. It, it could be hard. How many people in uh, uh, how many folks in San Diego Sherm do you have that have uh, that have uh, had that military experience that are transitioning and looking for for San Diego Sherm to help them through the process? 
You know, I, I don't know the exact figures. I think it's a lower figure than I'd like, and it's something that we we're looking to increase. All right, so you want to proactively go out there and find transitioning military members and say, hey, look, human resources may be a path for you to find gainful employment for the future, and we have a membership of mentors, of connections for you to pull upon, and all we need you to do is think about the career. Right, and what I really want to specifically focus on are service members who are A, looking to get in the world of HR because that's where their passion is. And maybe they've done some schooling around that and they, and they know that's the direction. And, and B, where we think there's also some value is those service members who are currently serving in administrative roles. Um, you know, the military still calls it personnel administration, but it's really HR. Um, and they're serving those roles. They're getting ready to transition. They want to stay in HR. They just don't know how to make that leap. And so there's just tons of opportunity for us at SD Sherm to partner with those individuals and help them with that transition. Mentorship is a key to that. Helping them build their network is a key to that. Getting them exposure, just getting them into a workplace. Maybe there's an internship opportunity or, or something of that nature where they can get that exposure is critical. All right. So talk about San Diego Sherm and the membership just a little bit. I'm in human resources. I'm in San Diego. I am not a member of Sherm. I um, uh, of San Diego Sherm. I'm out there trying to do this on my own. What benefits do I have? Why, why consider membership in, in a SHRM chapter? You know, sure. what is that going to do for me that non-membership won't? Sure. So one thing is, you know, the greater SHRM community, we have our national organization of SHRM, which again is a phenomenal resource and they provide just great information, great updates and um, cutting edge um, uh, ideas and thought leadership on, on, on how HR professionals can, can better impact their, their workplace. As we kind of funnel down to the local chapter level, you know, that's where we get more of the um, local connections. We get that, those one-on-one -on -one interactions and we, we can connect with our peers in our local community, um, maybe with, you know, that thought leadership from the bigger level, maybe drill that down and help show those, share those ideas. Or maybe if somebody's looking for their next opportunity, you know, the local chapter might be the better place to, 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 to look for those, uh, those opportunities um, and just get that mentorship and, and to get that uh, connectivity, I think is the biggest thing. All right. So what is the, is the vice president of workforce readiness? And this is kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, but so, so take your time, but what sure. are the areas that need to be readied? If I'm in, I'm in human resources and I'm looking for a career in human resources, what are the areas in general that need polishing up, so to speak, where, where, you know, as a, as a workforce readiness uh, vice president, you're, you're obviously looking at the resources and saying, you know, this is something that I think all of human resource can benefit from. What are the areas that have been most specific to workforce development in 2020? And what do you think will be most important going forward? 2020 saw staggering levels of unemployment. And while higher education institutions generally see registration spikes during these times, degree enrollments went down. And that's because we're using an outdated playbook to respond to recessions. With the second wave on the horizon, we can expect to see unemployment go back up again. Is your institution ready to adapt? To learn how, download the white paper developed by the Evolution and Destiny Solutions. Visit evolutionwith3ls.com playbook to make sure your college is prepared for the future. Again, that's evolution with three L's dot com slash playbook. So I, I would say 
a couple things. It's a little bit outside of my lane, but I think in general for HR professionals, and there's been a push for this for, for some, you know, a couple of years now, but for HR professionals to be more business minded. And I think in the past, HR has taken on a much more um, uh, interpersonal approach or, or maybe a much more approach, a stronger approach with regards to psychology and psychology in the workplace. But really what business leaders are looking for is that plus understanding the intersection of how the rules, regulations, and laws uh, uh, intersect with um, HR and business and employment, which most HR professionals are keenly aware of. But I think the third part that often gets missed is understanding business, understanding what the business model is uh, that for the organization that you're with, you're with, understanding the financials and the figures and being able to dig into the, to the P&L and the financials and come to the table knowing what your uh, what the people investment uh, and, and ROI is and uh, understanding the broader picture of financials for those organizations. So I think there's an opportunity to expand that with HR professionals and I encourage any HR professional who doesn't feel like they're um, P&L literate or financially literate in that sense to, to continue moving towards that direction. You know, for SD Sherm, I think some workforce readiness development opportunities really lies with developing our junior leadership and helping that leadership grow within the community and being a part of that growth uh, uh, model for those junior leaders and new leaders in HR professionals coming into the organization or coming into the field. So I'm, I'm imagine I want to go back to the business piece that you talked about, P&L mm-hmm. development. I think that's important for, for uh, human resource professionals. And I'm, I'm summarizing kind of what you're saying here. Don't just put yourself in the corner, even though you work in human resources and be all about human resources, even though that's what you do. Be part mm-hmm. of, the, of the bigger picture in business. Understand the P&L, understand how the decisions that you make in re- human resources are affecting that P&L and how others' decision-making will affect that P&L than what affects your job in human resources. And be part of, because you can save money uh, with some of the things mm-hmm. you do in human resources. If you understand technology and what technologies are out there, you can you can contribute to an organization's bottom line by uh, driving efficiencies, right? I mean, that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. Uh, that, I think that's that's the, the uh, hitting the nail on the head. And also knowing that, um, well, here's what I'll say about HR is you, you could have other interested uh, or functional areas within the business and certainly finance is probably one of the most critical, but right behind finance, I would say human resources is one of the most critical functions of an, of an organization because there's no organization out there that does not rely on its people and its people strategies and its people operations to get stuff done. And that's the job of HR is to keep that workforce moving, keep that workforce um, efficient and, and profitability comes from that. And you know, if we look at if you have a leader who comes to you know to the table not understanding the financials, that opens a big gap for other leaders to take advantage of that um, that not understanding, yes. and that HR projects might go wayside because somebody else has a deeper understanding, and now there's missed opportunities, and you have the HR professional going, why isn't my stuff getting done? Why are they getting more attention? It's because maybe HR didn't represent represent themselves in a way that they could have been more. Um, more productive in that way. So I'm going to ask you a, a little bit about higher education and get your thoughts on some some things. As you know, we're the Edip Experience. You know, we're talking to, to higher education leaders and really every context of of uh, of 
type of institution, including community colleges and, and private nonprofits and for-profits and publics and, and so on. And a lot of them have a human resource program. I would say mm-hmm. if, you, if, if you're in a university right now, and you don't have a human resource program, then you're really niche, right? Because human resources is one of those areas that is continually, it, it continually expanding and will uh, right. year after year after year as people aren't going away, right? Um, and so- I hope not. Yeah, I know, right? You, you really hope that technology doesn't take us away. Uh, but, uh, but there are a lot of people that are going to be listening to this podcast that say, I've got a human resource uh, program. And I've got somebody on the line right now that's the vice president of workforce uh, readiness for a SHRM chapter in San Diego. How do you judge a quality program in human resources when you're talking to folks about students, potential students about, you know, if you want to further your education, you want to get a bachelor's degree, you want to get a master's degree, you want to get a doctoral degree, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. How are you looking at it as a SHRM chapter and a board member to say, what's a good HR program have? And, you know, of course, if it, I'm assuming it's SHRM aligned, which I think is an important piece. Sure, of that. absolutely. But that doesn't still mean that everything's created equal. So talk, talk to our leaders about how you guys look at it at a SHRM chapter. Yeah, I mean, I would say from, from my standpoint, um, at, at the most basic level, if you have an HR education program or, or an HR program in higher learning, it, it, there's going to be information or, or, or knowledge that's shared, right? That's just the core basic thing is getting that, that information and, and um, you know, students receiving that information, obviously, that's a big piece of it. I think where you have a, a good to great scenario is you have that, uh, that, that, that education or that university school that is connecting with um, their local SHRM chapters or local um, professionals within the field of HR and creating that pathway for their, their students to connect and make that, make that leap from student to professional. Um, and if a university or if higher education isn't doing that, then I think that's a missed opportunity for the students. And I think that's an area where there's um, universities and, and, and higher education can add value to to their students, which is really their their client or their customer base. And if they're not making that leap of of creating that pathway to from student to professional by by creating those connections, that's a missed opportunity. Uh, secondly, I think aligning that that program with a SHRM certification or with some type of certification program that is recognized and accepted in you know, the, the, the common business uh, world is critical and important as well. Um, and if they're not creating that pathway or not setting the student up, student up for that, that is also a missed opportunity. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot in what you said there. And, you know, we continually talk in, in uh, higher ed circles about how to, how to ensure our program is ready. Uh, it's ready for the student, how, how mm-hmm. it needs to evolve over time. Talk, talk about the transitioning military members. How often do mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, is your advice to them, you know, get a job. Is it, you know, use your, uh, I'm assuming chapter 33, I think chapter 33 benefits or whatever it is sure. uh, uh, today to get in and go get a, a higher, a degree of higher learning and then go, you know, get the job, do it simultaneously. How do you advise them? Because anything that you do as you're transitioning from military to civilian life is, is now more, it's more, it's, if it's education, if it's going to look for a job, it's things you haven't done mm-hmm. necessarily, uh, you know, at that point in time. So the first thing I would say is, um, and I heard this when I was transitioning and I didn't really take it 
to heart. I wish I would have, but start, start your transition 12 months out. Um, and that means start networking 12 months out. If you know where you're going to land when you transition. So if you know you're transitioning from, in my case, uh, North Carolina to San Diego, start reaching out and making those connections uh, early and often. Um, reach out to the local SHRM chapter to do that. Um, LinkedIn is a phenomenal tool. I, mean, I, I, I live You're and here. die by LinkedIn. Yep. Um, and if, if, if service members don't understand the value of LinkedIn as well. So um, you know, part of that is start connecting, but build your LinkedIn profile and look to other professionals to, to get feedback on that LinkedIn profile um, and continue to evolve that and, and and, and get feedback on that. And, and as anybody who has worked on the LinkedIn profile knows, it's not an overnight thing. It takes time to get a LinkedIn profile that is attractive and that it has uh, you know, substance to it that would, that would appeal to somebody who's looking to make a hire. So connections, LinkedIn, if uh, certification, uh, SHRM certification or some type of certification is um, attainable, I would definitely say do, study for that and do that. That just is, is a good signal that you are ready to make that transition to the civilian employers. Who, by the way, civilian employers are more than happy to hire veterans. But Absolutely. They, they also have to balance that at the cost of keeping their, their organization running and making sure it's the right fit. And so there are certain things that I would say their service member has a responsibility for to signal that they're the right fit. And part of that is getting that certification or higher education. And, and by the way, the GI benefit, GI Bill benefits are phenomenal. So if a service member trans transitions off of active duty uh, and they use their GI Bill and they're using it in class, so they're sitting in the seat, and I know COVID time, so it's kind of a gray area right now, Right. but they, they make essentially their tuition is paid for and they get paid to go to school. And so it's, it's a phenomenal deal and it's, it's a benefit that they've earned and they should definitely, unless they've used that benefit, maybe they, they transition to somebody else in the family, which is also a great opportunity take advantage of that, of that benefit because, because they've earned that. I would definitely encourage them to do that. Maybe move, to, move towards, if they've already had that, that uh, undergrad degree, look for a graduate program that aligns with what you wanna do um, and, and jump into that as well. All right, so we are, uh, we are coming up on, on time for an embedded episode, but I, before I let you go, I'm gonna give you the mic and ask you if there's anything that you wanna say about San Diego Sherm that I may have missed or didn't ask about anything that you want to say about transitioning military members that I missed or I didn't ask about open mic for you. Take it, take it away. Absolutely. So I'll start with San Diego Sherm. Hey, if anybody is looking for, again, making that transition, maybe they're making, you know, um, a mid career transition from whatever their job is to HR, you know, plug into to San Diego Sherm, look me up on LinkedIn. Let's have a discussion. Uh, even if you want to pick, pick somebody's brain to find out if that's the right move. I'm always open to have a discussion uh, and, and talk through that. Um, or if you're, again, that young professional entering into the workforce and HR is maybe the area you want to go, then again, San Diego Sherm is the right spot to, to start plugging in with professionals and getting the, those networks and connections going. Uh, and what I would say about you know transitioning mem service members is again, um, if you're making that transition or if you know somebody who's making that transition, uh, get them plugged into to a local SHRM chapter if, if HR is where they want to go. Uh, I, um, I'm happy to talk to any veteran at any time about their transition, even if it's outside of HR. I think I highly think it's a critical area that we need to give more attention to um, uh, because it is just, it's, 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 it's a tough road. And I think oftentimes the civilian sector wants to help, but they don't know exactly how to do it. And I think oftentimes the service member 
thinks it's going to be easier than it actually is. So there has to be a way to bridge that gap. Well, he's the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. Jamie Gardner, Vice President Workforce Readiness at San Diego Sherm. Uh, Jamie, it's been an honor uh, to talk to you today. And again, thank you so much for your service to the country and what you're doing uh, for you, the field Joe. of human resources. Hey, everybody. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the Edup Experience. To learn more about the Edup Experience, please visit our website at www.edupexperience.com and subscribe to our email list. Please share this podcast, head over to Apple, and please give us a rating and review. We appreciate your feedback. And of course, subscribe to the Edup Experience so you're notified when our episodes drop. Here at the Edup Experience, our goal is to make education your business. Thanks for listening.